1: Greetings, comrades, and welcome to this extra cheerful pre-Christmas episode. We're gonna get a Christmas special, of course, but right now, well, I just have to turn to politics at this given point, because Bellingcat, The Insider, CNN, and Der Spiegel together made an investigation about how exactly and who exactly poisoned divinely. Then we had Putin's press conference, where um, he responded to BBC questions about this... In a very rude way, I can just spoil for you just a bit. He literally stated that in comparison to the foul West, Russia is basically white and fluffy. Direct quote, mind you. And then, then, literally, as the news just came out today, Navalny just pretended to be one of his fellow FSB agents and just called called his assassin, one of the eight people implicated in this investigation, and just, like, pretended for about 50 minutes... To be one of the guys, and basically squeezed out a complete, complete recognition. Complete, yes, we did this from him. It's it's crazy. It's one of the most fun things this year. And you know, after all the COVID stuff and after everything we've been through, we need a bit of comedy. And yeah, this is with Eastern Boy because this comedy involves death and poison eggs. But I just couldn't be happier. And yeah, I'll be I'll be using materials from my friends in Medusa. But I'll be quoting uh, CNN as well, because they've been participating in the investigation. And, you know, if I don't have to translate something into English myself, if someone else has done the job, then, well, thanks, CNN. I'll be fixing your translation mistakes, because, well, you've done some things a bit goofed, but whatevs, I'll be using their materials, and we'll be getting through all this mess, but this is probably one of the most fun studies that I've seen, like, in this whole year. At this point, and if you even look at Putin's reaction to all of this, then it's simply, you know, you can't just deny the fact that, yeah, we have got Putin and all the cronies there just red handed and it's crazy. But before we get into the fun stuff, due to how the Revolut banking works, it's been locking me up from a bunch of payments. I'm currently at 45 euros short of paying my artist, because I really need to do that. So if anyone listening wants to um, support us on Patreon, or just PayPal us, then, well, we have this nice little art thing, which is like uh, Eastern Border uh, promotional art, printed out, painted, uh, just like a Soviet propaganda poster. I will acquire this only uh, after I will pay her 45 euros. They're frozen in my bank account, and um, the looks made me not have Christmas this year anyways, so... If you'd be so nice as to pinch in, and I promise you, everyone who pinches in any amount of money through either donate button on the Eastern or just PayPal's me or just contacts us and everything and figures out how to help us, will get a free t-shirt sent to them, mailed with no cost on January. Because, you know, I kind of feel obliged to, you know, do the things that I kind of need to do, after all, you know. It's 45 euros, it's not that much, computer is fixed, we're good on that. But yeah, if you want a t-shirt, uh, maybe drop me 5 euros on PayPal, and when January comes and the Patreon kicks in, I'll, I'll send you a free t-shirt. But that'll allow you at least to get me the art properly received for the said t-shirt. That's kind of important. Just click the donate button on the easternborder.lv page. Save my Christmas, uh, allow me to finish this year without, debts the people... That'd be nice. But otherwise, yeah, let's get into the politics and, and, and the whole mess of things, because... Wow. Let's start with the investigation, I suppose, because then we're going to move to the press conference and response, and the final bit is going to be about the latest news, about Navalny himself actually calling his own killers, which is just a bit badass, even for, like, my tastes. Awesome. So, let's get to the beginning of this. Uh, first of all, um, I have to give credit to credit is due, because I am using CNN material here, and I have to give credit to the fact that the story was reported by Clarissa Ward and Tim Lister and Sebastian Schukla in southern Germany, and Ward and Schukla also reported from Tomsk and Moscow, Lister and Schukla also reported from Vienna, and um, those guys were from Bellingcat, and CNN's Oscar Featherstone and Daria Tarasova also contributed to the story. I mean... Um, I have to give credit to my fellow journalists. But the thing is that, um, basically, the Navalny's team, as now we all know, is constantly watched by the FSB in Russia, which is, you know, uh, just to remind you, successor to the KGB. And as far as we know, there was this certain guy, Mr. Oleg Talyakin, a slim, balding man with blue-green eyes who was trailing a person, and he was kind of uh, going over to, um, to an airport following Navalny. He was also trailing in advance Maria Pevchik, who checked in from a flight from Moscow to the Siberian city of Novosibirsk on August 13th. He was following her. But this Stayakin guy, apparently, isn't an ordinary agent. He belongs to a small team specializing in toxins and nerve agents. And on that morning, on August the 13th, several of its agents were on its way to Novosibirsk two hours ahead of Pechkin, They knew that Navalny, uh, who was a bit of a pain in the ass to Mr. Putin, and, um, yeah, he's been such for nearly a decade, even though I kind of dislike Navalny's use on Crimea and um, Georgia, but that's a long story. Yeah, they would arrive at Novosibirsk the next day. Exactly one week later, Navalny would be fighting for his life. His body ravaged by the nerve agent Novichok, his organs shutting down. He collapsed on a flight from Tomsk, the last stop on his Siberian trip. And yeah, well, CNN joined the investigation by the group Bellingcat that has pieced together how the elite FSB unit followed Navalny's team throughout its August trip to Siberia. The investigation also found out that the unit had followed Navalny on more than 30 trips from Moscow since 2017. Furthermore, they only followed their trips on which Navalny stayed somewhere overnight, never going on the trips, which basically were just one-day trips. And this was all started by a journalist from Bulgaria, who was investigating previously how FSB just generally operated, and then he just continued. Because he bought phone and trail records on the deep web, the dark net, so to speak. And the prices there aren't that huge for everything, because they've been open everywhere. You can, like, buy this information for about, in total, a million rubles, which is about 10,000 euros. Like, in total, this information cost about 10,000 euros. $12,000 at this point. Like, it's expensive, but if you're a professional journalist working for a company, and the company kind of funds it, and it's a big thing like this, then, you know, $10,000, $12,000 for this, not so much, easily. And that's for everything pieced together on the deep web, and, uh, yeah, a lot of Russian oppositionaries have been just placing exactly where to get information, of course, it's totally illegal, and you shouldn't visit the deep web for any reason whatsoever because you know it's a bit of a bit of a shady place where people deal in bitcoins only. But still, this is kind of weird because really, all these uh, travel and phone records because literally these guys they weren't just agents; they were people well-informed in how nerve agents work, and they literally called scientists, and the one way they found out about how these guys were scientists and working for the FSB were, like, through these records sold by Russian agents who just wanted to make some money, was the fact that they were saved in the phone numbers to the actual scientists they called by the number of Vasha FSB, right? Which is kind of dumb, but hey, we've known since uh, the nice little cathedrals in uh, little British towns that, uh, well, modern FSB isn't what it used to be, definitely. It's kind of creepy if you think about it. And now we know that, well, for sure, Russian government poisoned its own people at will, basically. Which is also kind of a scary thought if you think about it. But, yeah, these guys were a team specializing in toxins and nerve agents, and they followed the to at least 17 cities... Since 2017, in recent years, the online investigative outfit Bellingcat has identified the Russian military intelligence agents sent to England to poison former double agent Sergei Skripal and his daughter. Just to remind you, and the Russian agent accused of murdering a Chechen activist in Berlin. Bellingcat also helped uncover the pro-Russian separatists in Ukraine responsible for shooting down the MH17 airliner in 2014. And Russia obviously denied involvement in every case. And uh, yeah, they just keep denying the facts because they have learned from Goebbels that if you lie hard enough, then everyone's going to believe you. Well, I hope that it is not the case with the listeners of this show. But yeah, they bought a lot of data on the black market. And by examining thousands of phone accords, along with flight manifests and other documents obtained by Bellingcat, This joint, months-long investigation has identified the agents involved, as well as their backgrounds, communications, and travel. The investigation also involved German magazine Der Spiegel and Russian online publication The Insider. And yeah, CNN published photographs of several of the agents to Navalny last week during an interview at a secret location in Germany where he's still recovering. He said he did not recognize any of them and then paused. I have a very strange feeling when I've watched their faces, Navalny said. Adding it was, quote, absolutely terrifying to find out he'd been followed for so long. And then he, obviously, when he was called, he made a fuss about it on the whole Russian opposition media by making some videos. And yeah, that awesome bold move, which we're going to talk about it later. Bellingcat and CNN have established that the FSB's toxins team comprises eight agents, including qualified doctors, toxicologists and paramedics. The FSB agents trailing divinely in their late 30s and 40s, and, yeah, you know what? Uh, CNN actually uh, managed to go to one of the apartments of one of these people, and he lives in a Khrushchevka, because those everyday agents, they're not really even paid well. And it's just so silly, and he was just shocked and left. They usually travel in groups of three, just like in the Soviet era, you know, uh, Troika, you know, one to listen to uh, what the people are saying, the other one writing it down, and the third one to, uh, you know keep an eye out of the two intellectuals, <laughs> just like the Swiss anecdote says, they were taking parallel flights as they tracked the violin. More recently, they began using burner phones, and one of them managed to just switch on his phone for geographical tracking multiple times during this whole operation, which is all shown in the data. The unit is apparently based at an non beige-colored compound on Akademika Vagri Street, or Academic Vagri Street, in the southwest outskirts of Moscow, the headquarters of the FSB's criminalistics institute. The group sometimes works out of another secure compound on the eastern edge of Moscow. The official in direct command of the unit is Stanislav Makashov. He held the rank of colonel when he worked at the Sikarsky Institute near Saratov in south of Russia, according to others who worked there. It was there that the nerve agent Novichok was developed during the 70s and produced over the next two decades. Makashov also holds a patent relating to mustard gas, according to public records. And that is just insane. While Deviney may never have seen his shadows, this investigation found out that other parts of their tradecraft were not that elaborate. Until 2018, agents in the unit frequently used their own names as they followed their target. Some then adopted fake identities, but used their wives' maiden names and changed their dates of birth by a year. That lacks approach to spycraft, as well as official corruption and poor data protection have caused major embarrassment to Russian intelligence services before. Leaked databases from the government registries are widely available in Russia. Oh, yeah, and they're literally being also sold in the black markets in the form of CDs. And that's just even more insane. Because, you know, it's it's, it's for everything. From vehicle registrations, passport details, other personal data. Because, you know, if the government is watching you, then there will always be people in government seeking to earn some extra money, and they'll just sell the data to... Well, interested people. Yeah, that's the downside when the government is trying to collect all the data about you. Interested people will always, always find a way to get their own hands on the data, and the government actually can be watched just as much by the people as the government watches over you. Because, for one, these agents are in all these archives because of the fact that, you know, if they wouldn't be there, that would cause an extra suspicion, and to find them would be even easier because they didn't want to stick out as FSB agents, therefore they were left in. And that's kind of insane, specifically if you remember that their Berlin murders, well, yeah, you know, they found out about them because of taxi cab receipts, which they had to keep and then deliver back to their offices. It's just stupid. Bellycat researchers and Russian investigative journalists have used this data to reveal details about the activities of Russian hackers and intelligence operatives, who have often made basic errors such as registering their cars at official workplaces. Cell phone data shows that, in the weeks before Navalny's poisoning, Mashakov and Major General Vladimir Bogdanov, commander of the Center of Special Equipment at the FSB, communicated regularly with specialists researching nerve agents. Bogdanov is a very senior figure at the FSB. Cell phone data shows he was also in touch with the senior Kremlin official and confidant of Putin on July the 2nd. The very next day, Navalny and his wife, Yulia, began a brief vacation at a hotel near Kaliningrad, a Russian province sandwiched between Lithuania and Poland on the Baltic Sea. Flight manifests obtained by the investigation show that at least three members of the FSB unit flew to Kaliningrad at the same time. Security cameras at the hotel were turned off for the duration of their stay, which, well, was also reported. With a belly cut and, and then alone, it's just amazing.
0: Hey guys, Annette here. Hope you are enjoying our new episode of the Eastern Border. As always, a big thank you to all of our Patreons. The show would not be possible without your help. If you are not a Patreon and would like to become one, head over to the Eastern Border page on Patreon.com. Please remember to also follow us on our social media, like Twitter, where we are known as Eastern underscore Border, and on our Facebook page. We also have a Discord server, so if you're interested in that, find the link in the description of this podcast. That's it for now. See you online. This podcast brought to you by Russianvoiceovers.eu. Enjoy.
1: So, basically, Navalny gathered strong evidence to his, all the people who've been following him for, for years now, and, and people who've been trying to poison him and everything, right? And then, yearly press conference, kind of like State of the Union speech, just, you know, journalists also allowed to ask questions, with Putin happened. First off, basic backstory, because that thing has been staged for years, and it's been like a farce. It's kind of like one of those more comedic things. I mean, um, as one of my people who've uh, learned journalism from Alexander Nevzorov, if you haven't listened to Nevzorov, please do, That's if you speak Russian, that is, uh, said that, you know, just like in comedy uh, shows, you know, they put laughter over things to make people understand when they should, like, laugh. But um, in tragedies, they should maybe put some cries on top of that as well. And, yeah, this time, apparently, this required both, because... First of all, Putin got super silly questions, and uh, due to COVID, it was an, sort of an offline, semi-offline thing, where all the journalists who wanted to meet with uh, Putin himself during this uh, press conference, yeah, they were forced into a two-week quarantine in an isolated hotel numbers, and only then they were allowed to see the president. Which is just weird, but still. At any rate, Mr. Putin explained that, um, well... The only harsh question he got, really, was from the BBC, where he literally responded the fact, like, what he always does is that he always comes back to the 90s and says if someone questions him is that the 90s were always worse, and when the BBC journalist asked him that, you know, why did you poison the viney and what happened, and he said, well, then he was really angry and said, well, you know, you're more evil than us, all the West is evil, we're the big good guys here and everything. Yeah, dudes, you're you're poisoning your own people. You're not the good guys in this story. I'm I'm really sorry, but like when it came to Novinsky, because previously all the Russian propaganda outlets, the usual ones, were uh, completely silent about it, except by the way RT, uh, Russia Today, which posted about the fact that investigation has happened, and they posted it in a very neutral manner. About, you know, that there is such an investigation, and they're alleging that FSB officials did it, and they have all this data. Yeah, but they only posted that in their their English version, because they also have a Russian version of their own news, right? But they never mentioned that in the Russian news, that was an English-only article. Which is why I often like to compare the RT articles, both in English and Russian, because they sometimes contain completely different information. It's just insane, right? But when asked directly, all this farce that was happening there, he got asked directly about this Navarny's poisoning, and he stated, and I quote here, the fact that, yes, the FSB agents uh, had followed him, because Navarny was a foreign agent and was supported by them, and that this investigation is not investigation at all, but just a leak of um, data... ...which is coming from uh, foreign Western special services... ...and that's that. There are some questions here, don't you think? I mean, one, if the guy's being followed... ...because the Western agents are working with him... ...then you just admitted that he's being followed... ...and you didn't deny the poisoning at all. Secondly, who cares where the data came from? I mean, whether or not data came from the deep web... ...which it totally did, it's just that Mr. Putin doesn't even have a smartphone and he doesn't use the internet, because he doesn't know how, and that's been confirmed multiple times, what he reads are, like, just basically Stalin-era, printed out stuff, like, every day, literally, special agents come to his office and and present to him various packages with data and information, which is on the internet and everywhere, and he just reads those, he, like, doesn't even know how to use a smartphone. He's, like, 68, and he's not educated at all. All this matters. He's working by, like, early 20th century standards. Because the all the FSB apparatus is, like, stuck in the age of just post-World War II and Cold War era. and They just can't accept anything new. But that's a whole different story. But basically, that's why he can't believe this. And it's dumb. But his response is just insane. Because, like, all the propaganda outlets were just shutting up and didn't even mention anything and now they're trying to turn the into this super evil being just because, well, the data came from the wrong place. But he didn't even deny any of the data that the and, and the Belling Cat never had collected was wrong. He just stated that, well, it came from this source, therefore he's an enemy of our nation. Yeah, thanks, guys. That's just the dumbest thing you could have done. And I'm not even surprised because I think in one of them, definitely one of his doubles or whatever. Yeah, it's just sheer insanity. And he was asked about the constitutional changes, too, at this press conference, and he stated that, uh, well, as long as the Russian people need me, I will stay in power. Yeah, just like Lukashenko and Belarus, with all their rapes by the cops and beatings and everything. It's getting worse there in Belarus, but that's not about this time, right? This time we're talking about how Putin basically affirmed that the Biden investigation is right, as he was followed. And after this, Putin's press secretary, Dmitry Peskov, basically cancelled all the calls coming to him from journalists because he didn't want to speak about this because this investigation just left every member of Russian opposition blindsided. So, yeah, Mr. Putin just managed to do a very weird thing. Now, if you thought that this wasn't convincing enough and that the Russian special services still have what's going on, we're going to get to the last part of this episode, which literally happened today, which has caused an insane amount of memes. There haven't even been an official reaction yet. But yeah, this is just complete insanity, because a Russian agent sent a tale, a Position leader, Alexei Deviney, literally today revealed how he was poisoned in August with a little nerve agent, Novichok, planted in the Deviney's underpants. Through a phone conversation, no less. Let's get to that, because... Just wow. The crazy, stunning disclosure from an agent who belonged to an elite toxins team in Russia's FSB security service came in a lengthy phone call made by Navalny himself following all this investigation thing. Yes, Navalny himself called him for 15 minutes. In what he told by Navalny, who called him in a debriefing, Konstantin Kudryatsev also talked about others involved in the poisoning, in Tomsk, which is the Siberian city, and how he was sent to clean things up. For 50 minutes, nearly an hour, Davide kept up like a total straight face. It was just so weird. It was just very dumb. And and yeah, like I said, Putin in his conference, one of his arguments was that, uh, you know, the reason why Russia hasn't poisoned Davide is that if Russia wanted him dead, they've probably finished it, which is like not a nice thing to do it. But yeah. Basically, Navalny had called people, and previously he had told the agents who he was and those he contacted immediately after the call. For the final call to Kudriatsev, his team decided on a different approach, a sting operation. And Navalny, who's still recovering in the secret location in Germany, posted a senior official from Russia's National Security Council tasked with carrying out an analysis of the poisoning operation. His phone number was disguised as that of the headquarters of the FSB according to the Vilenyi team and a recording of the call later provided to CNN and Bellingcat. After Kudretsov confirmed his identity, the Valenese said he'd been tasked with getting a quote brief understanding from the team members. What went wrong, why was there a complete failure in Tomsk with Navalny? Kudretsov's responses in the call provide the first direct evidence of the unit's involvement in poisoning the Valenese. At times he's clearly apprehensive about talking on an unsecured line, but Navalny, speaking at times in a brusque and urgent way, persuades him that senior officials are demanding a report immediately and says that all of this will be discussed at the Security Council on the highest level. Most dramatically, Kudryatsev provided a detailed account on how the nerve agent was applied to a pair of Navalny's underpants. Navalny asked, What item of clothing was the emphasis on? What is the most risky piece of clothing? Kudryatsev replied simply, Underpants. Now, I followed by asking exactly where the Novichok was applied, the inside or outside seams. The insides, the crotch, replied Kudrytsev. Toxicologists consulted by the CNN say that if applied in granule form to clothes, the Novichok would be absorbed through the skin when the victim begins to sweat. They say that in this instance it appears that the assailant used the solid form of the nerve agent rather than liquid or gel as has previously been detected in the attack against double agents as by in the UK. This is just crazy. And, yeah, <laughs> the investigation by Bellingcat and... Cat and- CNN used thousands of phone records, plus five manifest and other documents by Bellingcat to track the team of toxin experts. It established that on the night the Novichok somehow got into the Navalny's hotel room, there had been a ping from the cell phone belonging to the toxin team, Alexey Alexandrov, just a few hundred yards from the hotel. And Kudritsev acknowledged, knowing Alexander had prayed his work. And this is just crazy. Because Kudritsev's background suggests he's a specialist in chemical and biological weapons. He graduated from the Moscow branch of the Russian Academy of Chemical Defense. Belinkat has established he later worked at the 42nd Center of the Ministry of Defense, its Biological Security Research Center. And this is kind of, like, you know, obvious. And Kudritsev basically stated... When we arrived they gave them to us The local OMS guys brought them with uh, the police Kudritsev said on the call He asked them they had applied solutions So that there were no traces left on the clothes So there won't be any surprises with the clothes Asked Navalny That's why we went there several times Kudritsev replied Navalny and his team have several times demanded That his clothes be returned to him But Russian authorities have refused Later Kudritsev says I was told to work precisely with the underpants on the inside Navalny asked Who said Mahashov? Yeah, answered Kudryavtsev. Stanislav Mahashov is a scientist identified by the investigation as the official in the charge of the toxin team, which is based in the FSB's criminalistics unit on the outskirts of Moscow. He previously worked as a colonel in the Shikhaski Institute as a Soviet and later Russian research institute on chemical weaponry. This is kind of crazy. In an almost surreal moment on the call, Navalny commiserated with Kudryavtsev that he had survived. Navalny stated, You've been going on so many trips with Navalny to Kirov in 2017. How do you evaluate his personality? Very careful, scared of everything, on the one hand, Kudritz replied. But on the other hand, he was everywhere and so on. Changes rooms sometimes, very careful about that. He was then asked whether Navalny might have recognized any of the Toxin team. Quote, That would be unlikely, we are very strict about that, changing clothes and all, he said. I think the team took different flights when following Navalny across Russia. Kudritz appears to have been proud of the team's security measures. No one failed, no one else saw. This is always expected. Well, he was almost certainly right in that respect. Navalny told CNN he did not recognize Kudritsev and other members on the team when showed their photographs earlier this month. But that didn't really help him. And this is just madness, because, like, I listened to the whole conversation thing, and it just went on to complete craziness. I wonder what the response is going to be like. I'm going to mention this in my Christmas episode, incoming, and then the New Year's, of course. So far, like, hey, there is this saying in Russian, or the cap on the thief's head is burning, and Mr. said, you done goofed. This is the dumbest thing ever. And hey, well, if the Western countries needed one more evidence that, well, yes, Putin is supporting terrorism, and that this is an obvious obvious thing that he's poisoning his own people well I think um, actually what Putin deserves is nothing better than Bashir Assad is getting in Syria to be honest at this point because we're seeing how it's going on we're seeing what's happening and it ain't pretty and that's about it for today because I can't stop laughing at this point like everything's just so so dumb at any rate Hope you enjoyed this episode. Please support the show a bit. We just need 45 euros. And, um, that's it. Thank you
0: for listening to The Eastern Border. If you have any comments or specific details you'd like to know, you're welcome to leave it in the comment section on our site, theeasternborder.lv. And we'll rummage even to the Western Border to find you an answer. Like this podcast, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or on our RSS feed. Happiness is mandatory. Good reviews and donations feed the farmers of our kolkhoz in the great motherland. The Eastern Border salutes you. This podcast is part of the Dark Myths Collective. Visit darkmyths.org for more shows like this one. The Dark Myths Void.
1: Planning for your next trip?